Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hammer of Sparks podcast. On today's episode, I'm speaking to Daniel Crutzen, three-time CPL champion, an armband-donning defender of the mighty Forge FC side that won 2022's title in front of a record-setting crowd in Ottawa, a crowd that included his family and me, among 15,000 others. Today, we chat footy, new challenges, and Walmart as a beacon of culture. Let's get started. All right. Hey, welcome to the Hammer of Sparks podcast. And I'm here with Daniel today. So actually, Daniel, I'll just have you introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm Daniel Crutzer. played with Forge FC for the past four seasons. Um, yeah, won three times, I guess. That's about it. <laughs> what more is there to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is something to say, actually. First of all, a big congratulations to you on your, as heartbreaking as it is for us back here in Hamilton, uh, good news for you signing on with uh, Phoenix Rising FC, correct? Yes, correct, in Arizona. Excellent. Now, okay, so I'll start with that. Um, you signed with, well, let's go back a little bit. Four years of the CPL's top team. Three titles, CONCACAF League runs, a uh, trip to CONCACAF Champions League, including a game at the Azteca, all wrapped up by the opportunity to wear the armband for uh, this last final. Um I mean, that's kind of like a mic drop moment, right? Like, what else was there left? I know it was kind of like a fairy tale ending, you know. Like right. After those four years, and like, especially after last year, because I was injured for so long. Right. Um, and then obviously, like with my ACL um, surgery at the end of at the end of last season. Right. Um. Yeah, it was tough to um to get back into shape and. It took me a while to get back, actually. Like, I thought I was going to be back quicker than, than I actually was. Um, right. But there was some some setbacks, so we had to slow it down a little bit. Um, but, yeah, as soon as I got back, uh, I remember I played I played Calgary at home. I played Pacific away, and then I got yeah. injured again with a head injury. The head injury, right? Yeah, so then um, I literally thought my season was going to be done. Um, and, yeah, I remember I got the news at the hospital in, in Pacific. It was... That was a tough night, to be honest. Um, but yeah, thank God the the it wasn't as bad as people uh, people thought and said. So then, uh, yeah, it was was obviously amazing to be able to play the semifinal at home, and then the final in Ottawa. And and like you said, like wearing where the the armband because because Kyle Becker was suspended. So it was right. for me personally, it was it was like a fairy tale ending, hundred percent. And. Actually, it's it's funny. This is like the third interview I've done now with Forge players. And it's that one of the biggest parts of our conversation is injuries and like the mindset it takes to be able to withstand some like, especially setbacks, like you were saying, like the first injury, thinking you're going to be back and then it going longer than you thought. And then finally getting back and getting another injury. That's a crazy amount of roller coaster. How, yeah. What do you do to, to kind of deal with that? I mean, it was it was a tough year. I'm not gonna lie. Like, especially mentally, as soon as um, as soon as I tore my ACL and I got the news that it was fully fully torn, um, yeah, it was the kind of like a shock. It's like okay, like I won't be able to play for nine months. Like, right. this is kind of crazy. Like I've never had a serious injury like that before. So it was it was tough to deal with that at first. And then, you know, after you get surgery, after a couple of weeks, you're like okay, like you gotta accept it and move on. You know, all you can do is basically work to get back. And then, um, yeah, as soon as I got back into playing, I was like, 
I have 10 games left. Like if um if we make it to the final, like I'll play 10 games this season, like it'll all be fine. Like we'll right. have a great end of the season, a great run. And then you come back for two games and you're playing well, like you never left, kind of. And then yeah, that head injury happens and you go from playing 85 minutes to um literally throwing up in the parking lot because you're you're fully concussed and it, it was it was it was really tough to to get through that night i remember after the game we went straight to the hospital i didn't have anything to eat or drink for maybe two hours three hours and um at first they were going to have me stay at the hospital for the night right um and it was just yeah it was just so many thoughts going through my head i i even called my parents at the at midnight i think it was like nine in the morning where where they were back in belgium right so uh yeah i was i was crying on the phone and everything um because it was such like this was such such hard news to to hear you know um so yeah it was lots of ups and downs and then after that you get the news like oh you might still be able to play so then you do everything in your power to to come back as as good as you can and then yeah you play the semi-final at home such like a big game always against Calgary, you know, like everybody knows it's going to be a big game and a lot of tension and whatnot. And then you play the final in Ottawa and you win 2-0 and you lift that trophy. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's been a crazy year, like so many ups and downs, like emotionally and, and physically too. It's yeah, it was, it was unreal. Yeah. And it was clearly it was unreal for the fans. Cause the same thing, like when you went out originally just before what should have been our third in a row, championship and we lose a game one nothing and you're just like you know if our best defender is there you know it, it could have been different or whatever you know all those what ifs happen but then you have a chance to make it right the next season and then it's not it seems like it's not meant to be and then it's a fairy tale at the end that, that's crazy yeah it is crazy i even um i even had a conversation with my dad like a couple of weeks before um the final and he literally told me, like, you're gonna listen, listen what ha- what's gonna happen. You're gonna come back in time, you're gonna play the, the semifinal, you're gonna play the final, and you guys are gonna win the third championship. And, wow. and that was it. <laughs> and, right. and I mean, it's amazing. I love to hear that because first of all, shout out to your parents, because I've been happy enough to meet them twice, uh, after yeah. two championship finals, and they always have massive amounts of patience for um, the fans that are just going crazy and want to get a piece of them after a game when they just want to celebrate with their son, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so shout out to the to the folks back in Belgium. But uh, that that speaks to something so huge. Like how how important is it to have that for you to have that family background to have you know your dad to lean on through those like really difficult times. I mean, it was amazing. My mom came over right when um, right when I got surgery just to help out and um you know be there for me like emotionally as well um and it was tough you know it was it was right before the end of the season I was supposed to go back home to Belgium for the holidays um so there was there was kind of some talk um do you want to do surgery here but then you would have to wait two weeks to travel right Uh, you want to do surgery back in Belgium so there was kind of like a a back and forth of, of what should we do and then my mom decided um you know if you have surgery in Canada I will fly over and come and help out so I mean obviously the two of them have always been like such a great support for me even when I was in in university like they visited every year with my birthday they they always made such an effort to come and visit wherever I was you know it was it's it's been it's been amazing to just have them 
as a support system. And it's like, they're VIPs in Hamilton, you know, like everybody knows about them. Like my dad, walks, in, my dad walks into a room and like everybody knows who he is. So <laughs> it's just, you know, the two of them are just, are just amazing. And wherever they go, people, people love them and they're just amazing people. That's all I can say. A hundred percent. They're, they're forged fixtures forever. A hundred percent. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and now moving on, I was like wondering Phoenix rising for us in, in Hamilton, we're like, we know you're you're practicing much like Kwame. You're out there practicing with Vancouver Whitecaps. We're like, okay, here you are. You're going up to MLS for sure. They're going to see what we've already seen. It doesn't pan out for a bunch of different reasons. But then you go to Phoenix, and for for fans who maybe don't know the team as well, or or the USL maybe as well, what was the draw for you to go to a team like Phoenix? Was it past connections? I think you played in, in maybe Tucson before. Is it past connections? Is it something that, that, that maybe the American connection or that you can get seen by MLS? Or what is it exactly that, that draws you there? You know, it's a bit of everything, to be honest. Like you said, I played in Tucson. I think it was in the summer of 2017. Um, so lots of people from that organization uh, work closely with Phoenix Rising. Um, and people from Tucson actually got me in touch at first with Phoenix. Um when when they knew when they knew I was out of contract with Forge. Um, but I think also a big part of it is is I've been at Forge for four years. Right. I think for me personally, and I've said it before, is I'm kind of the person that doesn't love to stick around in one place for too long. Right. You know, like I I, I need a new challenge, I need a new environment. And um obviously I wanted to go to the MLS. I mean that much is clear. Mm-hmm. Um I even got my Canadian PR to make it, you know, that transition a bit more like accessible right um vancouver knew that obviously so that's why they why they decided to uh to have me on a tryout and i mean all they all they told me is that i did very well at the, at the preseason camp they just didn't have a have a roster spot for for any more defenders um i think they had four center backs signed um six fullbacks and you know for for a back line of four people that's that's already a lot that's um, already so that was obviously a hard pill to swallow, um, you know, when, when I heard the news. But I had um, I had a good feeling about Phoenix. I had talked to the head coach um, for a while already. Um, he seemed like a very genuine guy and a very honest guy, well-connected. And, you know, he told me, like, I, I want you to, to go to the MLS and I want you to, to, to take the opportunity with Vancouver. And if that doesn't work out, then... We would uh we would love to have you here and then build a team to win to win a championship in the USL and you know just talking to to the people there just gave me a really good feeling. Obviously, Phoenix as a city, I've only heard great things about it. Um, obviously the the winters there are a lot nicer than Toronto. Right. Um, <laughs> not that that's the main reason, but you know it's it's obviously a nice plus. Right. Um, so it was a little bit of everything. You know the the fact that I kind of just want a new environment, a new um a new challenge i want to i want to meet new people um yeah a little bit of everything i think went into uh into this uh this this way today you know you bring up a, a great point there that i think a lot of fans miss on the fact that this is it's not just a sport it's your life right so meeting people uh, experiencing different cultures living in different cities like that's a big chance a big opportunity for like rolling stones like you who come over from from abroad and, and are willing to take these chances so how big is the the culture outside of soccer or even the culture within soccer so how important is it for you to like get to know it in different facets so like you touched upon it perfectly actually like i am 
I feel like I'm a person that love like obviously I love to play the game. There's no question about that. But there's also more in life where you want to experience different cultures. You want to experience different environments. And, you know, I feel like as a person, like for your personal development, that's only a plus if you live in multiple countries, if you meet people from all over the world. Like that's basically the main reason why I came over like to North America, you know, like I was 19 and I, I'm literally I'm the youngest of four and I moved across the ocean like by myself basically to go to school and play soccer so everybody at first was like oh like is he gonna be okay like, <laughs> why, is he, like why is he doing this but I saw it as a like as an opportunity to just I don't know like personally develop as a person you know not just like as a, someone who loves to play soccer but also just to meet different cultures and to to just experience life like you said and and I feel like this step is you know ties into that where I've been here for four years you know I've, I've had the amazing opportunity and privilege to have lived in the city of Toronto and yeah I think I'm just ready together with my girlfriend to for a new chapter uh, that's that's fantastic and you know it's it's amazing because it brings me to another thing that I was thinking about earlier it's I think bringing players in for Forge specifically, bringing players in from abroad and, and for the CPL actually in general, having players like for us, it was you, um, uh, Alex, Sise, uh, now Resert Rama, like having big time quality players coming in from, from Europe and, and from abroad, not just Europe, but pushing the Canadian players and, and giving them, I don't know, kind of bringing elements that maybe they've never been exposed to before, seeing how, you know, the game is played or, or what the culture of soccer is through another uh, culture's eyes, through another guy's eyes. I think that's a huge building point for us here in Canada. Having our own league was great, but also bringing in all these uh, players with different aspects, I think, is being something that's really helped the league explode faster than I thought it would. What do you think? Yeah. Do you think that guys like you guys have brought something different to what this league is? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Like the, the, you notice, I noticed, uh, for example, when I came to uh, Canada in the beginning, um, the way that people are taught about the game is very different than in Europe. How so? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's more so um, like technically uh, drills that they do in practice, the way that they see the game. You know, I think, I feel like Europe is, is a bit more advanced and I feel like a lot of people will, will, um, will tell you the same thing where, you know, soccer has always been the most important sport there. Right. Like it's a bit different here in North America. I feel like we can all agree. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we can agree on <laughs> it, Like soccer is definitely on the rise, but you can, you can tell a little bit how people have grown up um, playing. And I think a massive um, difference too is is the system of academies and uh, mm. and all of that stuff in Europe, where you know a first division team will have an academy all the way down to let's say U sevens. Right. Like I used to play in in the Gank Academy, who has a first team that plays in the first division, has an amazing facility, amazing complex. Play the first team plays for twenty five thousand people every weekend. That's and crazy. there's just age groups from U7 to U19s that train three to five times a week. They play a game every weekend. You know, like, I feel like in Canada, that's just a bit different. And yeah. there's multiple uh, reasons for it. But I think it's a massive cause of the difference in the way that we are raised to play the game. Yeah, well, just just hearing you say that, like, not only did I get kind of goosebumps thinking about that 25,000 people games and stuff, but thinking about that as a kid, like when you're wearing that jersey and you're looking about at that team, like it's a direct pathway 
you know, and, and of course you can go other ways and you might get loaned out or, or take a chance somewhere else, but you can at least see a pathway. And I think so far in Canada, that's something that we're trying to build. It's, it's very much like uh, kind of scattered the ways to find your ways to, to the professional game. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the fact that Canada is such a, such a massive country also doesn't help, you know, in Belgium, for example, the furthest we had to travel for a game was, was two hour drive, you know, wow. like, <laughs> like that's that's insane for a lot of people you know right. and, and obviously in canada that's impossible to think about but there's so many so many clubs and so many people playing the game that that is possible in belgium and, and countries like holland and england and you know there's just so many clubs and so many people playing the game and obviously here it's a bit different but i think the next step for let's say cpl clubs is to have their own academy you know like you see tfc doing it you see montreal doing it, you see vancouver doing it and it's like you said, you see a direct pathway. Like if you get into TFC's U13s, U15s, like you have a chance to make it into the first team. And yeah. as a kid, you go to those games, you go to BMO Field and there's 20,000 people in the stands. And, you know, like that's that's super exciting and it's inspiring for 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 little kids that want to play the game. And I think that's that's the way, like that's the next step. And that's probably the way to go for, for CPL clubs. And Obviously, it's still very, very young. Like we've only been around for four or five years here in Canada with the CPL, and I think if if it keeps growing like this, though, I think it's definitely, definitely going to work out well. Uh, yeah, I I feel the same way, and I I do. I think we all, as fans, have that dream of having our own academies where you know the professional, the 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 top team is looking at bringing in their own players and, and teaching them the kind of way the systems that they play, as opposed to trying to find the best athletes from somewhere else and grow them. I mean, for us, uh, we've been kind of lucky that Bobby had Sigma. So he brought up some guys with the philosophy, but it's, it's still not the same as having your own Academy that's streamlined the way that the, the top team plays. Right. Yeah, And I don't know how that works with other CPL clubs, but I think Forge has a massive advantage there where, you know, Bobby has has developed this this Sigma Academy, and then, like, even in twenty nineteen, like I don't know, maybe eighty percent of the first team of Forge was Sigma like Academy right. graduates. So obviously that helps in like the philosophy philosophy that he wanted to build and and the way that he wanted the team to play. And I think since year one, it's been a massive advantage. Yeah, and I think you can see that across on the other side of the country where you have uh, Calgary. I think they had like Foothills Academy was what Tommy yeah. Wielden was running. And there's the two big teams that like their philosophy was imprinted on, on the guys that they exactly. brought through. Exactly. Speaking about, you know, the travel and coming to Canada, outside of, of the game, what's kind of been the biggest eye-opener or, I don't know, maybe positive about coming to live in Canada? Um, I mean, it was an easy transition because I went to university in the States in Albany. Right. So I think the first, like, like to me, Albany and Toronto, like it's not that much different. You know, right. like, it's just a little bit the way that people speak, like the slang obviously is different. Like, yeah, you know, lots of lots of diversity here and stuff. But like in a day to day, I don't really notice a lot of difference. Um, I do have to say that when I first got to the States, and um like i lived in belgium my whole life for 19 years before okay. i came to the states so that's kind of the big transition right it's coming that's from a big belgium. transition for me yeah going to right. going to america like landing in new york city like landing in new york city taking the train up to albany and the first time i walked into a walmart i was like what the hell like they have everything here like this is crazy you know like in belgium you can't even like imagine a store literally having everything like you right. name anything and they have it there they sell it you can buy it at walmart 
you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I walked into Walmart for the first time and I was just like starstruck. I literally maybe stood still for like 10 minutes and just looked around. That You know what? That's that's kind of maybe the perfect assessment of of what it is to be in North America. Right. Is is that giant box store that has everything. It's like that's kind of the American deal. Like whatever yeah. you need, we got it. A hundred percent. And <laughs> I don't know. It was just strange. Like the year after or two years after the like there was an Italian um that became like my teammate that went that came to Albany and he had the same thing. He was like, bro, this is this is crazy. Like <laughs> right. I've never seen anything like this before. But yeah, like that was one thing. And then I remember just like, I don't know, McDonald's being open for 24 hours, like you can just get food at any time that you want. Like in Belgium, <laughs> it's just not like that at all. You know, like stores go open from nine to six and that's it, you know. Right. You can't get anything after six PM. Like <laughs> you gotta plan accordingly, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. It was it was definitely definitely funny to to watch and to just observe. But that's what that's what I said before. It's like you you arrive there and it's something different than what you're used to for your whole life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for for people to to just experience that and then and soccer is a game that will allow you to do that while doing what you love and like that's what i love about the game too is it will bring you places and it will have you meet people from all around the world and to me that's incredible yeah to me that that blows my mind too like in talking to uh, anthony novak who i was lucky enough to talk to and he said like getting the opportunity to go to portugal even for like the brief season that he got to play there it's just to imagine that soccer, the game that you love most, is what and getting paid for it got opened you up to something to the world to see, you know, cobblestone streets or or you know, uh, churches and cathedrals and stuff like that that you wouldn't see back home. And I think that's yeah, it's it's amazing how the game opens up um, so much to so many people. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the kind of communities that we created, Forge has created, I think, a kind of a an amazing community for soccer fans, and it's it you kind of brought it up earlier when you're talking about how the the systems are kind of different here i you're right sports are king here and it's like hockey obviously in canada nfl football cfl football that kind of stuff baseball basketball now with the raptors um yep. soccer's coming up but it's 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 got a lot of stuff above it right um and in my personal uh, um life basically i'm new to soccer like soccer just became my love uh and for just a big part of that what was the connection like for the players with the Barton Street Battalion in particular, but also the fans at large and, and being in the city? What's the connection been like from your point of view as a player? Like from the players and the fans, like in, yeah. in Hamilton? You mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, we literally came in in 2019 the first time. And, and um, I think Bobby said, yeah, there's a supporters group already. Um, you know, we hadn't played a game yet. And I was like, oh, like we already have fans. Like, we, you know, like they don't even know if we're good or not like right what if we suck you know <laughs> so, a little bit of pressure off the top right yeah a little bit of pressure right there and it was just it was just interesting because i was like oh like that's you know that's that's good like i love that so you know you even saw it like in the year like at first there was maybe not that many people in the stands and you know obviously it was like i guess like fans were trying to get to know like know the game and know what was going on with the team and stuff but i think throughout the first year like I don't know, I compared like pictures from the first part of the season, like mm-hmm. of people sitting in the stands. And then like when we played that first leg of the finals in 2019, wow. like it was just a massive difference. Like there were so many people coming to the game and yeah, you really got a feeling like, oh, like we're doing something right here. And 
you know like section 112 is just like it's it's unreal like those guys are you know like we as players we love that stuff like we whenever you score a goal like we want to go celebrate in front of the fans like you go to section 112 like you you know it's just and even like getting a personal connection with with fans like i i, I can understand that you know, players in Europe when there's 20,000 people, when there's 27, 28,000 people in the stands, like you're not going to have a personal connection with everyone. Right. But, you know, in Forge is a bit different where there's fan events and like literally celebrating the finals and whatnot. Like you get to meet actual, you know, you get to meet the people that are sitting in the stands every week, like cheering you on. And, and that was also like an amazing experience for me. And like, I know for all of the players, it's just, yeah, it's just fun. Yeah, even I remember like when we won in Ottawa last season, we had like a a little party afterwards in like a in like a in like a bar, and there were so many fans there, and just like everybody comes up to you and just like congratulations, like amazing see like amazing final, amazing game, whatever. So it's just a lot of fun to to talk to all of those fans and and have the personal connection. It's funny too because talking to the fans, you hear from them that they they kind of know it's a little bit on borrowed time that, you know, this league is going to grow, it's going to get bigger. And, and we all hope that it's going to become massive like it is in other parts of the world. But right now it's, it's like your heroes are accessible, right? And, and the connection that you guys have made in the community, whether it's going into schools for like the fitness days or, you yeah. know, coming out even to sign stuff on the forge uh, families on the field kind of deal. It's really, I think it's really connected with the fans and I, I hope to see it continue to do that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I agree. It's, uh, it's it's amazing. So with everything that ended uh, on such a high note here in, in Hamilton, is there anything that looking back, aside from the injury, because that's an obvious one, but is there anything that you wish had gone a little bit differently, something that you, you know, kind of regretted, or has it been pretty much kind of what you expected? I don't want to say it was what I expected. I didn't really come in with a lot of expectations, but I think I can be very grateful for the time that I had. Like, I don't, have any regrets i don't have any feelings of oh i wish this was different i wish that was different you know for the past four years like i've had an amazing experience with with all the people that i that i worked with played with um you know it's just like i said just like a life experience richer and it's just you know never never any regrets really so i don't think i can say any any bad thing about the past four years that's fantastic. That's always good to hear. Going forward, what do you see for yourself in the next few years? What's the, like, I think, you know, basically what goals for all soccer players are is, you know, get as high as you can, play as much as you can. But are there specific goals you have in mind right now for the next few years? Yeah, I mean, the the MLS dream is is very much still alive. You know, I mean, um, going to going to Spain with Vancouver, you, I kind of just see, like, it was it was nice to experience because on the one hand, it was obviously disappointment disappointment to hear the news that they weren't going to sign me. Right. On the other hand, they also said, like, you're definitely good enough to play at this level. Amazing. And they said, we will 100% still follow you around. Like, doesn't mean that it didn't happen this year, that it can't happen the year after or the year after that. So, and I feel like, you know, lots of people have always told me also, like, you're good enough to play in the MLS. You're good enough to play in the MLS. Like, the amount of people that have told me, you know, is, is, and it's nice to hear that stuff, but it's also, it was nice to actually see that and actually experience it because like in practice and in, in the friendly game, you notice, yeah, it's not, it's not too much of a jump for, for the, for the best players in the CPL to, to actually play in the MLS level, you know? So um, it was, it was nice to experience that. So 
yeah, looking forward. I think it's it's definitely still a, a dream of mine to to play in the MLS one day. And I mean, I've always dreamed, I think, to 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 still play in the first division in Belgium at my at my old club. But right. I don't know how realistic is that that is at this point. But um, you know, the the first thing still is, is to get to the MLS. And um, yeah, I think it'll it'll have to happen in the in the next one or two years. That's fantastic. And I mean, that's a really great point that you make up. Like being, it's one thing to have people in the know, like people, you know, scouted who've coached at high levels tell you, hey, we know you can play there. But to actually be on the pitch with those guys and see that your level is right there and just be like basically contracts making it what makes you not fit this year means that must make the, the world a difference to your confidence, just being on those pitches saying, hey, I belong. Yeah, 100%. And it's, the same thing, you know, knowing that you can play there and, and football is sometimes having a little luck, you know, you need to know the right people, you need yeah. to be at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, if I wasn't injured last year and then I played 28 to 30 games, like my agent was like, yeah, you would have, you would have probably gone to the MLS just like that. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes you have to get a bit, a bit lucky and this year it wasn't meant to be. So um yeah, on my on my way to Phoenix, and hopefully next year or the year after, we'll make it happen. Now, with you being at Phoenix, I think it was Sacramento in the USL last year that had a big run in the US Open Cup. So if you can pull off a big run in the US Open Cup with Phoenix, you know, and win it all, then maybe we can meet you again in uh in the Concacaf Champions League. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm, I'm set. I'm setting a goal for you there. Yeah, love it. You got to manifest it. All right, and memories as we start to kind of wind down the show a bit memories like so i've talked to some folks whether it's other fans other players and stuff like that of kind of their big moments and what they remember it's always things like you know the first ever game or maybe uh the first ever championship one of the two legs or something like that or maybe even playing in Concacaf. is there a certain game or, or moment that stands out to you as like wow i can't believe this is happening or this is so special I mean, like the obvious one is winning um, last year against Ottawa in Ottawa. You know, what was it? 16,000 people in the stand. Like, yeah, my my parents were there. My girlfriend was there. I was wearing the armband. You know, yeah. you win two zero. Like, is under the under the lights at night. Like, that's why you play the game. You know, for those right. nights. Like, that's you 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 play for trophies. You play in an amazing stadium for fifteen thousand people. Like, that's what you all do it for. But. I mean, in 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 the first um the the first I don't want to say the first um what was it the Concacaf uh yeah the Concacaf League yeah um the game against uh, Santos I think it was we played um you know we we went there uh we lost three one so and it was the it was the matchup to qualify for the Champions League yeah and we were all after the game kind of like three one man like that's that's gonna be hard like this is a good team like right. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to win like 2-0, you know, yeah. we have to win with two goals different. And um, yeah, we played that game. I just, I don't know, I remember it like yesterday, like it was unreal. Like we played, we played amazing. We we won 3-0, like again, so many people in the stands, like under the lights at night. I think it was maybe raining a little bit, like it was a bit cold, you know, they, it wasn't their, it wasn't their favorite weather. Or no, it wasn't their cup of tea, right? After that, after that three 0 win, like after the ref blew the whistle, I was like, "This is crazy!" Like we just came back from a three one defeat and we just qualified for the Champions League. Like, you know, like for a team that's only been in existence for what three seasons, like I don't know. That was definitely one of those moments where I was like, "This is you know a night to remember for sure." 
and and then so many nights remember but that was key and like you said the the final in ottawa it, it's almost like if somebody told you the story or you know i've got an idea for a movie you'd be like no it's, it's not believable <laughs> you know the injuries the comeback you know, where they would have been right yeah, so true. yeah for sure well there was also another one the the montreal game obviously at home when we went to 11 rounds of pks the pks yes yeah, that still cool. kills me to this day but but yeah it was it was still like an unbelievable night you know like you play against an mls team and it's what i said before it's like you're on the field with those guys and you're like hey like we can play at this level you know we can we can match up with these guys yeah and i mean between that game the 11th round one and then playing in the canadian championship against toronto at tim horns field and again going to pks like this team has had some special moments what a ride you guys have given us so you know, thanks for doing this, first of all, but also thanks for all the memories that you brought to, to the city. And I know I can say this on behalf of the Barton Street Battalion, on behalf of all the fans in Hamilton. Uh, we wish you all the best and we'll be watching you. I appreciate it. I'll be following the club like forever and always appreciate you guys, Barton Street Battalion, Section 112. It's been it's been unreal and be forever grateful. That's all I can say. All right. And, and I mean, as road trips go, Phoenix doesn't sound too bad for me to come and check you out. 100%. Yeah, always welcome. 100%. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Daniel. And uh, thanks for the time. And take care. Of course. Take care. Thanks, man. Bye. So, a big thank you to Daniel for that conversation. The memories will last a lifetime. Forge fans are all waiting in your jump up to the MLS. We know it's coming. And I appreciate the opportunity I'm getting to see these CPLers as more than just excellent football players. So far, I'm very impressed with them as people, as we get to peek behind the curtain in their lives. Uh, great stories are everywhere in Canada right now, um, and they're just waiting to be uncovered. So join me next time for another in the Hammer of Sparks podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Till next time. <laughs>